So we're going to continue our series today called Relationship Realities. And this is the last installment of that series. And then we're going into a great series that I cannot wait. It's going to be so good and God's going to minister to you. But we're going to go into a series called Water Walkers. And it's going to be all about faith and engaging God in the miraculous. God's going to do some great things. Can't wait. But man, today we're going to end this series. And I want to talk to you around the idea the wonder of we, the wonder of we. Our relationship reality today is this, that agreement is necessary. It's even required for believers, an extremely powerful concept in the kingdom of God. Because when we agree, there is miraculous power in we. You know, when we walk in our relationship with God, a lot of times it's a lot about me. It's a lot about an individual growing in their faith. But the truth is, if you read the scripture from cover to cover, you understand that faith is something you have to have individually in your relationship with God. But it is always joined with others. So even though you have personal responsibility to have your relationship with God and you can't live on the relationship with other people, of other people's relationship with God, you have to do that yourself as an individual. But at the same time, God joins your faith with the faith of others. And it is a powerful thing that happens. And so today I want to talk to you about the wonder of we. We're going to take our text in Daniel chapter 3, verse 22 through 26. And we're reading from the NIV. It'll come up on your screen. You can just read along with us. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire, they replied? Certainly, your majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed and the fourth looks like a son of the gods Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego servants of the most high God come out, come here so Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the fire and I want to take a subtext if you will from Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12 again in the NIV and here's what it reads Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Father, we thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, just have your way. In the next few minutes, just literally take your words and implant them in our hearts. Renew our mind with your word this morning, God. Lord, if there be any that, that are a part of our online campus that do not have a relationship with you, they don't know you personally. I pray that before this worship experience is over, that they'll come into relationship with you and they'll begin a journey that they'll never regret, but that will change their life forever. God, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. And we thank you for the power of agreement. We thank you for this concept in your kingdom and that we are never alone and that you always stand with us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Man, God is so good. Today I want to take the first few minutes here just to kind of give us an understanding of what's going on with our text. 
You know, everyone, probably most of us have heard that story of what we call the story of the three Hebrew boys. And most of us have heard it in a Sunday school setting or in a children's church setting. But what I want to do is talk about it from an adult perspective this morning. You know, because sometimes we look at these accounts, these historical accounts that we read in the Old Testament, and sometimes we do not give them the credit that is due them. We don't really study them out. We treat them as if, if, if they're little nursery rhymes, or we treat them sometimes as if they're just little good stories to tell our kids, to help them understand the Bible. We treat them as if they're just merely allegorical but we don't treat them with the reality and the respect they deserve. And so today I want to just kind of look at this as it pertains to the wonder of we, as it pertains to the relational reality that in the kingdom of God, agreement matters. This is why unity is so important to God, because there's a power in people coming together and focusing their hearts, their minds, their spirits, their ideas together in focus towards the coming of God's kingdom, the purpose of God's kingdom, the growth of God's church, and the lives that will be changed as a result of all of that. It is important for me to get you to understand and for me to understand myself that this gospel that we serve, this God that we worship is intended to be generational. He, 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 everything he does points to taking a truth and passing it down to your family generation after generation after generation. But it's not just our biological family, but it's also our spiritual family. That God places us in spiritual family for the purpose of, we've already talked about in this, in this context, and Pastor Scotty talked about last week, we, we, we all together for the purpose of vision, the purpose of moving forward, the purpose of development, the purpose of growth, the purpose of being there for one another. All, all of these things are so important to the kingdom of God, to the purpose of God. It's not just about my four and no more. It's about the expansive, always growing, always moving body of Christ. And God has not just said, hey, I'm going to put you in this family so that you'll grow spiritually. But there's some concepts that are intertwined with the family of God that will cause your life to be this powerful force of faith. Because God doesn't want us to just live a mediocre life. God doesn't want us to just exist, to just survive. That's a, a lot of our minds are very reactive, and that's kind of how we think sometimes. It's just, I'm just trying to make it through, brother. I'm just trying to get through the devil's attacks. I'm just trying to get through. And the, the truth is, there's, it's good to get through. But we need to do more than get through. We need to come through in victory and move from one victory to the next victory to the next victory. That's what God wants for your life. When you face trouble, that you just don't face it with your head down, but you hold your head up and you walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But the truth is, that doesn't happen all on your own. There is a concept of agreement that comes into play that we need to be aware of and we need to live through, and we need to walk in. And so I want to look at the three Hebrews for just a moment and just kind of ask ourselves, what happened? What went on there? You have to understand that these three 
young men, probably around the age of 17 or 18 years of age, somewhere between 17 and 30, and they came into this situation uh, un, not under their own power or their own volition or voluntarily. They were, they were stolen. They were brought in. They were oppressed. They were under the reign and rule of the Babylonish kingdom. They came in with Daniel. It was not a situation where they were free in any capacity. But because they were, because they were good young men, smart young men, wise young men, they were put in a category that, that this nation that was oppressing them wanted to glean from every culture that they adopted or brought into their kingdom. And so these men were put in a kind of a favorable position and what I would say a place of influence, a place of notoriety, a place where they would be seen, they would be heard, and it was important for them to be true to God, to, for them to be true to who God made them to be. And here they were in this situation following God, following a leader, Daniel, following his advice, his model for them, and doing what God told them to do. And for a while, it worked out okay. Everything worked in their favor. Everything was going good. But then for some reason, the king decided he was going to build a huge idol, and everyone was going to worship that idol. Everyone was going to give this 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 surrender to this idol that's who we're going to worship the king mandated it that's what it's going to be and sometimes our lives face conflict with the the life of the world sometimes we have to make decisions that are not easy but they're in conflict with the way the world does things Matter of fact, I would say if you really look at it every day, probably on some level, we're making decisions that are in conflict with our spirit. In other words, there are what, there's a way that the world sees things, the way that the world is influenced demonically, the way that the world is influenced by earthly desires that is different and differs from the way we operate or the way we function by the spirit, led by the spirit with, with our, our spirit man in the lead of our life. And we have to make decisions. We have to make these decisions. Of, are we going to go the way of the world? Or are we going to go the way of the Spirit? Are we going to go the way of the world? Or are we going to go the way of God? The way God says to do things. The way God leads and guides our life. The will of God as opposed to the will of man. It is a conflict that resides on the inside of every single person. Not just internally, but also externally. When you live in the world as a believer, this is really not our home. And we really don't operate or function based on the principles and concepts of the earth. But we live our lives based on the principles and the concepts of the word of God given to us by God through his son Jesus and the apostles. And uh, the, 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 the thing that Jesus did to reconcile us in relationship to God by giving his life in our place, by raising again from the dead, by sending us the Holy Spirit. All of these things to empower us to operate and function like people of God's kingdom, not people of the earthly kingdom. And sometimes those things are in conflict, especially when there are things put in front of us and the world demands, worship this. Worship this. Give this your homage. Give this your respect. Give this your, your worship, your dedication, your devotion. 
And that can be all kinds of different things. It can be temptations. It can be wrong principles. It can be things that oppose the word of God. And when it opposes the word of God, we as believers have no choice if we are to be faithful to the will and purpose of God that we must stick and stand with what the word of God says no matter the cost to us personally. That is the way this works. And today in our culture, we're seeing this more and more and more. We're seeing believers have to stand and say, look, I'm going to follow the ways of the kingdom, not the ways of the world. I'm going to believe what the word, the Bible says, not what popular opinion says. And and, and so we have to really walk this tightrope of believing and standing in the Word of God, in the principles of the Word of God, while at the same time operating in the love and grace of God as it pertains to our relationship with the world. It can be so complicated and complex. But you know what I love about the three Hebrews? They made it very simple. I'll show you. The king puts up this this idol. He says, we're going to play music. When the music plays, everybody bows. Everybody says, that's my God, that's my God, I'm going to bow to that God. And so that's what happened. They played the music, all the kingdom, all the leaders of the kingdom just bowed down immediately because that was the mandate from the king. That's what the government said. You had to do that. And there they were standing, if you will, by themselves, those three, completely revealed, completely exposed, not going to obey what the king wanted. Now I'm going to tell you something. It's a challenge to do that. It's a challenge to stand against, to to, to go against the grain. It's a challenge to be counter to the culture. It's a challenge to stand for godliness over worldliness, holiness over sinfulness. It's a challenge. It's especially a challenge when you're doing it by yourself. But it is less of a challenge When you're in agreement with someone else. And here these young men stood. And remember, these weren't old men. They were young men. Very flexible, very pliable, very very movable. Uh, But they had made up and determined in their minds. So the king liked Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He brought them to himself and said, hey, listen, guys, I'm hearing, I'm getting word back that when the music plays, you're not bowing down to the idol. And he, he's, he was mad. He was irritated about it because he didn't want any of these guys who'd placed in positions of influence to not follow him because it would have an effect on other people following him. And so he says in a very positional way, look, I'm the king and what I say goes. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you another chance. We're going to play the instruments. You're going to bow down. That's how this is going to go. What happens next honestly is one of the bravest things in that context, you can possibly imagine. What happens next is one of the most courageous moves of, of a person that you could ever see. Because here's the reality. The king also revealed to them that if you don't bow, I'm killing you. Anyone who doesn't bow is saying to me, I don't have to follow you. I'm not going to follow you. I'm gonna, so I'm killing you. I'm removing you from the kingdom. And so we have this pit of fire over here. And we're going to throw you in that furnace and we're going to burn you up. So here's the deal. You're going to bow. They didn't bow. So he said, get the fire so hot that it's, you can't even stand it. And so they get the fire roaring. And he said, I'm going to give you another chance. Bow. 
And here's their response. These young men, they were, they were more committed to God and the ways of God than they were their own physical life. Now, I want you to grab a hold of that for a minute. They were more committed, dedicated to the ways of God than they were their own life. In other words, here's what they said. They said, oh, king. And they were never disrespectful to the king. They were never rebellious in attitude to the king. They were never ugly to the king. They were never saying, it's our right, king. They just simply said, you have given us a choice that is outside of our purview. Because we only serve God and Him alone will we serve. We will not worship another. So there is no choice, no decision to be made. We will not bow. And here's how they said it. They said, we know this, that our God can deliver us. Because the king had said to them, I'm the greatest king there is. Who's going who's to deliver you from what's about to happen to you? And they said this, king, we know our God is able to deliver us from this fire. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow. We will not bow. We will not give in. We will not give way to the way the world thinks, the way the world does. Your demands on us to be disloyal to our God and disloyal to his word and disloyal to his ways. We will not. We love you. We care for you. But we will die before we give in to betraying our God. Now, I believe the reason they had the power to do this is what Ecclesiastes says, verse 4 and 12. Though they may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. In other words, there may have been something in one of them or two of them or even all three of them individually going, man, I don't want to die. Man, I don't know. I, will God really care if we, just, if we just bow down even though we don't really mean it in our hearts? We'll just bow down. And no, that they may have been feeling that individually. They may had individual fear and concern of the situation. But I believe because they were together, because they were in agreement, because they, would, they were giving each other support, they were able to stand in that time and in that moment. Agreement is a powerful force. Now, I have to explain to you what agreement is because a lot of times in the body of Christ, we have gotten it wrong as it pertains to what agreement is. We think that agreement is duplication. We think agreement means that everybody that goes to church or believes God and is a Christian that should all look the same, should all exact, act, act exactly the same, should all speak the exact same, should all kind of just kind of mesh into one type of person. But that is not true at all. That's not what agreement is. Uh, God created all of us with different personalities and different ways of being and different ways of thinking. He created us all with all of these differences. What agreement is, is when we bring all of who we are together and we come into alignment with the word of God, that we get into agreement about the kingdom of God. I want to encourage you today. If you're a part of Summit Church, I want you to go to our website, yoursummitchurch.com. I want you to go onto the new, which says I'm new at the top in the menu. Click on it, and you're going to see what we believe. I want you to click on that what we believe link, and you're going to see three things. You're going to see our vision, you're going to see our values, and you're going to see our belief statement, okay, our statement of belief. You need to go read those. You need to go think about those and meditate on those and understand what it is you're agreeing with. Because we believe the word of God and we believe that when we as a church, as the church of Jesus Christ, 
all of us born-again believers all over the world, when we come together in agreement about the Word of God, that I'm telling you, it's so powerful that no force in hell, no force on the earth, no force in the heavens can keep us from achieving and accomplishing what God wants us to do and wants us to be. Now, can I just tell you that that's why the enemy is trying to seep in even to the ranks of Christianity, why the enemy is trying to get into the church and even deceive people, why I am literally watching friends of mine, loved ones, people that I pray for every day and, 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 and think about and love and want the best for I've seen some of them reject their faith. I've seen them walk away from God. I literally saw a friend of mine just say the other day, I have rejected Christianity. I no longer follow Jesus Christ. And the reason is simply because they disconnected themselves from truth and embraced a lie. And I just want you to know that's why agreement is so important, that we have brothers and sisters on either side of us that are saying, come on, let's stick with the truth. Let's stick with the word of God. Let's stand in our convictions. Let's not be moved by the world and circumstances and temptations, but let's just keep walking out our faith and believing who God says us to, to be. And in, in the meantime, let's reach out with love and embrace our world and love them into the kingdom of God so that they can come into agreement with truth and see the power of God work in their life. We need to understand how powerful agreement is. It's not duplication. It's not replication. It's, it's what one author termed complementary oneness. In other words, we're not all becoming the same person, but we're all committing our minds and our hearts and dedicating ourselves to the same purpose. We're not becoming the same person, but we're dedicating ourselves to the same purpose. That is the power of agreement. So here's what I want to do. I want to share with you four characteristics of agreement. And the first characteristic of agreement is this. Agreement gives us power. Now, not just courage. We're going to talk about that later. But this, the, 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 the characteristic of agreement gives us power, like true, supernatural spiritual power. It gives us power over the enemy. It gives us power over circumstances. It gives us power over situations. Uh, it really gives us power. The first power it gives us is power to stand our ground. That when we come into agreement with other believers, we will not be moved on those important issues. Like when you're facing sickness or facing problems. I, I just watched one of our, our small groups I love being on several of the, the, the small group group me's. It's, a, it's an app where they all communicate on, in this one group me. And I, I love because there was one of, the, one of the couples in the group that were going through something. And they went on the group me and they said, hey, group, listen, this is what we're dealing with. And it was a physical thing. And I'm telling you, just I'm, I, I'm, getting, I'm feeling the anointing right now. I'm getting stirred right now just thinking about what I saw. That I saw people jumping on there and saying, I'm believing with you. We are setting our faith. God's going to come through for you. And just gathering faith together. And there was a supernatural, just a, a literal spiritual strength that came into that situation. Like we are going to stand firm and we're going to see the glory of God. And I'm telling you, God moved and things happen. And I just want you to know that's the way this works. Agreement gives us power. Power to stand our ground. Power to be brave. 
power to be courageous in the midst of, listen, we live in a culture right now that is constantly trying to tell us to disown the truth of the word of God, constantly trying to tempt us to accept things in our culture over the things that we know are truth. And if we don't accept the things in that culture, they say, well, you don't love and you don't care and you're not with us and you're just mean and you're religious and you're hateful. And the truth is none of that is true. But if you will allow yourself to believe those lies, then what happens is you can't be free in the truth. You need to keep your mind on the truth. And how do we do that? By agreement. We come into agreement with other brothers and sisters in Christ and we stand on the word and we stand bravely against culture that wants to steal truth from us. It gives us power, power to give it all for the cause. Now think about this. These boys were not just giving something. They were giving everything. You know, sometimes as an individual, it's hard to do that. As an individual, it's hard to just say, I'm on, I'll give everything. I'll sacrifice everything for this. But there's something about the power of agreement, the, the, the synergy of being together, being in unity, that gives you this strength that you otherwise wouldn't have, that you could give it all for the cause. You could lay it all down. It's an encouragement. It's a strength. It's just this understanding that together we can do this. Together, we can achieve kingdom purpose. Together, we can accomplish great things for God. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In Acts chapter 2 verse 1 through 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, other languages, and as the Spirit enabled them. In that situation, it was other like They were literally speaking other human languages that they didn't know, but God just gave them, and it became a testimony to people who spoke those languages. I want to show you something, though, here. Acts 1.8 tells us you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Well, that power, we get the word, the power there in the Greek for, excuse me, the word in the Greek for the word power in the English is a word dunamis. It's where we derive the word dynamite. In other words, it's talking about an explosive power. But I want you to notice when they received this baptism of the Holy Spirit and this power, this explosive power to overcome the, the, the devil, to overcome persecution, to overcome earthly circumstances, to overcome temptation, to overcome sin, this power that exploded from them to see miracles, to see lives changed, bodies healed, the demon possessed, delivered, the, the addicted set free, all this power, this dunamis, this dynamite. They saw this Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And many translations say, in one accord, in agreement. 
There is something about when we get together and we get into agreement about the word of God, we get to into agreement about a circumstance, we get into agreement about how God wants us to move forward. I'm telling you, there is so much power in it that the Holy Spirit descends on that, anoints that, and empowers us to be able to accomplish what he called us to accomplish to begin with. And I'm just telling you, it doesn't just happen on your own. In the chapter 4 of Acts, just a few uh, days, Days later, you see them after being persecuted, getting back together to pray. And as they got in that room and prayed, God, give us strength and give us help. The Bible said that that place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit again. It's because of agreement. It's because in not giving up, we're going to hold hands together. We're going to move forward. Listen, God isn't creating a club. He's creating an army. He's creating an army of people that will hold hand in hand and will move shoulder to shoulder through the problems of this life, through the circumstances of this life, through the enemy's attacks and lies and deceit. And we will stand in agreement that the truth of God is the only truth and that we will not be moved and we are not in defense of it we are in offense we are moving forward through the enemy's camp and we're taking captivity all of those who've been deceived and bringing them into the kingdom of God and revealing truth to them agreement gives us power not just human power I believe that when it says two can defend themselves, but a threefold cord is not easily broken, that when we come into agreement as two, that third component is God. It's the Holy Spirit who empowers us together to be able to do more than we could alone. The second characteristic of agreement gives us direction. You know, sometimes on our own, we find it hard to know, God, where, what are you telling me to do? What is the direction I need to go? You know, if you were in that situation like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you were having to make that decision on your own, it would be very easy to vacillate. It would be very easy to rationalize and say, you know, I don't know if it's really all that big a deal. God will forgive me if I just bow down. I don't want to be burned up in the fire. We can sometimes rationalize things when we're alone. But when you're in agreement with brothers and sisters in Christ, there's a power that gives you direction. It allows for, for understanding and wisdom. Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 says this, reading from the NIV. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. In other words, he's saying you have the word of God. Don't let your mind be filled with all these distractions. Don't let your mind be filled with all these temptations. Don't let what everybody else in the world is thinking about steal that, that your mind and your time and your thought time and make it about all of that. But you believers get your mind set in agreement on the word of God. He's saying, I appeal to you that you focus Together, you're, you're thinking and you're living and you're doing in unity. Unity. Being together. Being one. That's why the Bible calls us the body of Christ. We're many members. All of us do different things. We have different characteristics. We have different talents, different giftings, different callings. But all of us fit together as one. And not just here in Summit Church. 
but some at church in the First Methodist Church and, and some at church in the Baptist Church and some at church in, in Freedom Fellowship here in town and some at church in Trinity and some at church in Hillside. And I, I say that because you know what those churches are, but you understand that, that, that there is a body of Christ that is much bigger than just each individual church. I have brothers and sisters that I'm in agreement with that live in Uganda that I talk to every day or every week. I have, I have friends in Cambodia that are just as close and just as relatable and just as much a part of the body of Christ as the people that I see every day here that I talk to every week. I have friends all over the world, but because we believe in God, because we have a relationship with Jesus, because we have been changed and placed in his body, we may look different, we may be different, we may live in different places, we may have different personalities. We have many members, but one body. And God wants us moving in one motion towards kingdom purpose and kingdom definition. You can even look at it like this, that every local church has a different role and a different personality and a different way of being and we attract different kinds of people so that we can get more people into the kingdom of God but we're all one body and in the context of that when we come into agreement it helps us with making decisions it helps us to stay grounded on the truth it gives us direction and decision making it gives us direction to action steps that need to be taken it gives us direction of what we need to believe you know, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but sometimes when I'm facing something hard and difficult and I feel attacked in my mind, I sometimes just cannot come to a place of proper wisdom to, have, to make decisions I need to make on my own. The Bible talks about that there is wisdom in many counselors. And that's how the body of Christ works. When we come into agreement, it helps us to gain wisdom and to grow and to develop. That's why this individuality, that's, that's why this, this, this spirit of independence, and by that I mean disconnection really, disconnection from, from, from each other, disconnection from the life that comes from that counsel of a believer in your life, that disconnection from the direction the body's going, but when you stand alone, you feel isolated. Can I tell you, that's not what God intends for us. He intends for us to come into agreement with other believers and he, through that relationship and those relationships, give us wisdom and insight to make the right and proper decisions and gain good direction for our life. I believe when the Bible says that the steps of a good man or a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. I believe when the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways, he'll direct your path. I believe that in a subcategory of that trusting God, living God, God ordering your steps. I believe that one of the things he uses to do that are other brothers and sisters with whom you can come into agreement and get your faith together and by that receive power and anointing and wisdom to make proper decisions to move forward in a way that brings victory into your life. Number three, agreement gives us strength. Agreement gives us strength. I remember one time I was, I was a, when I was a young man, I'm still very young, but I, <laughs> I'm getting less and less. I, that's, that's becoming a bogus statement every once in a while now. But I remember when I was a young man, 
in high school or junior high. Was, uh, well, it would be high school now. I was in ninth grade. And I was, I was kind of, yeah, I wasn't a very nice person, very good person. And I, I, um, I was kind of, I don't know how you would say it now, but I was kind of making moves on another guy's girl, if you want to put it that way. And so I was completely in the wrong. But this guy that I, that I was flirting with his girlfriend, he, he was a bully. And he was always wanting to fight. and He's always wanting to beat everybody up. And I remember, I, I remember, I knew I was taking my life into my own hands. He was much bigger than me. He was a tough guy. And I, I knew if I flirt with her, and I really liked her, and I knew that it, it, it could come to blows. And I remember one day we were out just hanging out. It was at lunchtime, and I was talking to her, and all of a sudden he shows up seemingly out of nowhere. I don't know how I couldn't have seen him coming. He was big as a tree. But he shows up, and he says, starts yelling at me and I'm going to, I'm not going to say what he said, but it was not nice and friendly. And as he began to say these things, I was kind of gearing up and getting ready. I wasn't afraid of a fight. I knew I was probably going to take a whooping, but I was going to let him know he'd been in one. You know what I'm saying? That's just kind of the way I was. And so I was getting ready and kind of preparing myself. And inside I was scared to death and I was thinking he's going to cream me. And all of a sudden he just stops in his tracks and he just, he, he stops and he, he just kind of looks over my shoulder. And then all of a sudden I felt this hand on my shoulder. And it was another friend of mine who was equally, equally as large as this fine gentleman. And he was ready to throw down. And he was like, he, did, he was my friend, and he didn't care the reason. He didn't care that I was really in the wrong. He just knew that this guy's always trying to beat people up, and he knew he could take him out. And he just stands up and he says, hey, if you want to fight, let's go. I'm telling you, at that moment, I felt so strong. I, I wasn't strong. I knew I was about to take a whooping, but I felt so strong. I felt so like I had strength that wasn't really mine because that guy was there to defend me, to take up for me. And, you know, that's what the kingdom of God is like. That's what the body of Christ is like. Agreement. When we come into agreement and we face that bully, the enemy, and he comes against us, we have strength because there's strength in numbers. There's this principle of agreement that comes into play in our lives that we need to understand that when we stand together, it gives us greater power than we have ever experienced in our life. And, and you know, here's the truth. When you're facing that enemy that's a bully in your life, the strength that you get and the strength that comes behind you is not the strength of other people. It's the strength of King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's the strength of Jesus. The Bible says in James, resist the devil. He'll flee from you draw nigh to God he'll draw nigh to you so God will always be available to overthrow the enemy in your life when you're in agreement when you're in the will of God and the will of God is that you come into agreement with other believers and when you come into agreement it gives you that boldness and understanding don't worry about this they might say God is on our side. Don't worry about the enemy. God is on our side. I got you. I got your back. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to intercede for you. And Jesus is going to show up because the Bible says he will. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12, verse 12 through 14. It says this, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, 
and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. In other words, if you look at these characteristics, these things that the Bible says we should come into uh, in our relationship. These aren't characteristics of how we should treat the world. Yes, we should love the world. Yes, we're kind to the world. Yes, should we be compassionate. But that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about believers doing this to each other. That we should forgive each other quickly. That we should be compassionate quickly. We should be kind to one another. We should be humble with one another. We should be gentle with one another. You know why he's saying all those things? Because the opposite of every one of those things is what the devil tries to bring into relationships to split them apart and cause division. But God said you need to be in unity so you won't have division. You need to be kind so division's not allowed. You need to be compassionate. You need to be forgiving. You need to be gentle. You need to be patient and bear each other's burdens. And then he said, forgive as the Lord forgave. Come on. Sometimes you're wondering, can you forgive somebody for hurting your feelings? You need to forgive as the Lord forgave. They killed him and put him on a cross, and he forgave them in that moment. Come on, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love. So what does it do? It gives us strength not to compromise our values. When we have this relationship with each other in the body of Christ, it gives us strength not to compromise our values, but to stand for the truth of the Word of God on which we base our values. It gives us strength to follow through on our convictions when we're afraid and we don't know how to take that next step or we don't know how to stand up for what's right. This gives us strength because we know we're not in this alone. And the world will try to make you believe you're the only one that thinks that. You're the only one that believes that. You're the odd man out. Everybody else has accepted that this is the way it is and you're the only one and everybody's looking at you. But the truth is that's not true. There are other believers that are standing right by your side that stand on the word of God and believe the truth of the word of God and you need to look at them and know you are not alone in this you have strength strength to follow through with your convictions and strength to face challenges and not be defeated and the fourth and last thing is this agreement gives us spiritual blessings agreement gives us spiritual blessings Matthew chapter 18 verse 19 says this again truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And I love what the precursor to this verse is. The verse before it says this, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll be there in the midst of them. And if two or three agree as touching any one thing on this earth, it shall be done for them. In other words, we know that everything is spiritual. We know that everything we face, everything that we have to do with has spiritual implications. And we know that what happens on this earth first happens in the spirit. So we need to understand that when we come into agreement and into unity, there is power in it and spiritual blessings happen. He said, if you agree, if you come into agreement, then God's going to answer your prayers. If you get into unity, God's going to answer your prayers. Spiritual blessings like victory over temptation. Spiritual blessings like answered prayer. Spiritual blessing like growth and spiritual maturity happens in your life as you come into agreement, as you come into power, uh, the power and the strength of agreement. It gives you victory and spiritual blessings continue to happen in your life. The relationship reality for us today is simply this. Agreement is necessary. 
It's required even. And it's extremely powerful in the kingdom of God. It has an exponential effect. The Bible refers to it this way in the Old Testament. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. In other words, one plus one in the kingdom of God doesn't equal two. One plus one in agreement with God and his word equals thousands. Because God gives us that kind of power when unity and agreement is involved. Well, how do we create unity and agreement? First, we have to know that we need to be a part of the family. We have to know that setting it out doesn't work. Oh, I'm a believer, but I can't be doing all the religious stuff. No, that doesn't work. You're, you're isolated. You may call yourself a believer, but you're not in the will of God because the will of God is the family of God. So you first have to acknowledge, I need other believers. And then I need to come into agreement with the Word of God with other believers. And then I'm going to find power. And then I'm going to find strength. And then I'm going to find courage. And then I'm going to find direction. When we agree, there's a miraculous power in the idea of we. God can use our lives to do great things when we understand that power, strength, direction, and spiritual blessing all come in agreement. Father, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, we just pray right now that you'll give us a spirit of agreement. That Lord, instead of trying to always criticize and find things we don't agree about, Help us, Heavenly Father, to engage with other believers on what we do agree. And not just ideas that we have. But Lord, help us to put our mind and our heart and our dedication and our soul on your word. And Lord, as we come into agreement with the truth of your word and the purpose of your kingdom, help us to know it's not about being a duplicate person of every other Christian anybody's ever seen. But help us to understand it's about having singular purpose in agreement with every believer. God, help us to believe your word and the truth of your word. Help us to stand in faith that you are our healer. You are our deliverer. You are our savior. You are our friend. You are our father, God. And Father, we thank you for your generosity. We thank you for your grace. And we ask you in Jesus' name to help us to walk in unity. Help us to walk in oneness. Help us to walk in agreement and see power, strength, spiritual blessings, and direction come to our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.